0: Welcome to the Bethesda Christian Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit yourbcc.org or download our mobile app from the App Store. Good morning, and thank you, Mr. Rob Susan, for that introduction. As you heard, today our day is going to be about the word joy. We're going to talk about joy. And I want to define joy with you at this point in a couple of easy terms. Hopefully, you can remember calm delight or cheerfulness. Calm delight or cheerfulness. We're going to go to the book of James today, and I hope you have a, a Bible or a device that you could turn to, and please turn to it. Uh, never take anybody's word for it, know it for yourself. And James is a book. That's very interesting. It's a short book, it's only five chapters. It has 108 verses. But out of those 108 verses, 54, half of them, are imperatives. And an imperative meaning absolutely necessary or unavoidable. So it's important to realize how much God is trying to get through to the, through the author James to us in this book. And the book is a great read because it's so practical. If you've never read it, I hope you take time to do it. If you're going through any struggles, any trials, uh, this is a good book to be reading because of the practicality of it. It's also a challenging book because James is a writer who wants you to know what you believe and why you believe it. And I think he does a good job teaching us that through this word. So yeah, it's challenging, but then it could also be Difficult the way James writes, because James doesn't offer opinions, and he really offers us no excuses. So those are a few things that I was reading from an author that challenged me as I read this book and as I took it into my own heart and and worked to try and apply it. So James deals with the function of the word in God in us, rather than just the theory. He wants us to know how it's going to function. And he also desires for us to know that there's going to be demonstration. We're going to work through things. We're going to go through things. We're going to have to demonstrate God's word and not just declare God's word. Verse 22 of this same chapter says, be ye doers of the word and not just hearers deceiving yourselves. So we need to do, we need to be able to do his word, demonstrate his word, not just tell everybody that we know what the word is about. So let's go to the book of James chapter one, and I'm only going to read verses two through four. And it says this, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, but let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Now that's out of the new King James Version. And in this reading, it it really challenged me because we're to be counting it all joy, it says, right at the very beginning of verse two. Count it all joy. Gives me the message of I'm not supposed to be complaining and crying and murmuring and and bickering, which I have to admit over the last few weeks, I may have been guilty of some of that. Uh, I'm not crazy about the time that we're in, but you know what? As I read his word and it challenged me, consider it all joy. Well, so I began to take the word consider and look at that a little bit deeper also. And in the Greek, that, that word consider is an economic term for evaluate. So we can evaluate it all joy. Evaluate it as all joy. Evaluate it as this joyful time. So, okay, Lord, you've got me on a hook here now. Let's, let's carry on. And so as I looked at joy, joy is not just happiness. Because, see, happiness is circumstantially driven. Happiness comes because of our circumstances. But, see, joy is this calm delight, right? It's cheerfulness, But it's an attitude. Let's define it a little bit more. It's an attitude, it's a decision beyond our feeling and the circumstance that we find ourselves in. This becomes a decision of our will, not our feelings. See, feelings lie, feelings are not trustworthy, especially when we start to get emotional. How accurate are your feelings? when adrenaline begins to start pumping, when when you start getting a little bit charged up. I have caught myself over the last few weeks saying things that I wish I wouldn't have said, but because the adrenaline was flowing, because the emotions were into it, I began to say things that I regretted saying. And at the start of this year, say I'm feeling I'm being challenged to myself. At the start of this year, I brought a message about faith being greater than our feelings. We walk by faith and not by sight. So, when we become a Christian, all these bad things don't stop happening. They continue to come. But as a Christian, we should be acting different. We should be having God's word speak more into our life than the stuff out of our own heart and our own tongue. So, faith in Jesus will help us get through these difficult times. We're currently under a pandemic. Social distancing, a term that only became real, in my opinion, in the last two months. Never heard of social distancing before. And look what it's done. It's restricted what we can do, where we can go, who we can be with. People have invested a lot of money, but investments have cost people thousands and into the millions of dollars over the last few weeks. Most of us have lost income due to job restrictions or, or maybe even a job just completely closing down. No one knows when this pandemic is going to end. We're doing all we know to do, but we don't know when it's gonna to come to an end. No man knows that. We're all anxious to get back to our normal, what we would like to have as normal, but until that time happens, what are we supposed to do? Well, let me challenge you with this too. God is up to something. Don't deny that for a second. Let's know that he's up to something through this whole pandemic. Maybe you're saying, Lord, I I don't feel good about this or Lord, I dot, dot, dot. You can add whatever you want to add to that. But as I was reading this and this is where I was challenged, but kept bringing I into it. But in James 1, 2, it says, consider it All joy, when you fall into these various trials, evaluate your attitude, adjust your attitude, adjust my attitude, and see what God is up to. See, patience is a great quality, and it's not an easy thing to develop. But when we allow our Savior to lead us, we have to know who's in control. So I have three points today. The first one is consider it or count it all joy. Count it all joy when you fall into these different trials. Now, the word trial could be translated and it is in different translations of scripture as troubles or even testings. Sometimes God allows testing for a purpose. I'm gonna read 1 Peter 1, 6 through 7 and I'm gonna read this out of the New Living Translation. Listen to this. So be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. These trials will show you that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So your faith remains strong through many trials. It will bring you much praise and glory and honor, on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. You see, we really don't know how strong our faith is until it's tested. And you won't know how strong your Christian character is until it's put to the test. So let's consider this current pandemic, this trial or this testing that we're being considered to go through and view of its potential benefit. So that's the first point, count it all joy. Second point, know that hard times will come. Verse three, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Patience is the ability to persevere, to hold up and to continue when others are ready to give up. We should look for benefits during these difficult times. Listen to what Romans 8.28 out of the New Living Translation says. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. See, we don't see the whole picture at this time. We will come to one day being able to look back at it and have much clearer vision and allow God to work through you During this time, don't try to see the finish right now. Let's let him take us through this process. And now my third point, my last point, exercise patience. (laughs) Oh, it takes a lot of exercise and we know what exercise does. Exercise makes us tired, but it does get us in shape. It's hard, but it makes us feel better in the long run. Maybe not initially, but in the long run. But let patient have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. And this word perfect in this, we're talking about maturity. We're about coming into a mature uh, attitude in this. And in this, but let patience have its perfect word. The key word here is let. The difficulty is not what stops us. It's our lack of patience with the problem. See, we desire life to be filled with pleasure and good feelings. We aren't very patient people. We we like to feel good. We like things when they're going really good. But patience doesn't typically come at that time. So how should we be reacting during this pandemic, this current pandemic? Don't miss what he's trying to show you. Accept and learn the patience that he's teaching all of us. All of us are learning this lesson together. Can I tell you a story about patience? It's a story that I read, and I'm going to read a part of it, so bear with me as I go through this, but it's a true story, and it's a true story about a man named Edmund McElhenney. Now, you might already know it. I didn't know it going into it, and I enjoyed this story, so bear with me. (laughs) Edmund was a prosperous farmer in Louisiana, He operated a sugar plantation and a salt works on Avery Island in Louisiana. Life was great for Edmund and his family, but then the Civil War broke out. The Northern troops invaded the area in 1863 and McElhenney had to run for his life with his family and he had to leave behind his plantation and his salt business. When the Civil War ended, Edmund McElhenney was able to return, and he returned in 1865. He found that his sugar fields and his salt works had been ruined. The northern soldiers had burned the fields, and the buildings and equipment were destroyed. Life is going to be very difficult for the McElhenneys. How would Edmund handle this situation? Would he do what a lot of the southerners did and just gave up? Edmund McElhenney was a patient man. Even though the North had taken all of his livestock, all of his food, one of the few things left in the ruined plantation were some of the plants that had grown up from being seeds in his garden. The McElhenney family had very little to eat, but McElhenney started experimenting with the surviving plants to make something that would help things taste better. The food that had been left behind, he wanted to make it taste better. And what were the plants that survived, survived the Civil War uh, and in his garden? Hot Mexican peppers. McElhaney and his family were tired of eating the same tasteless carrots and the other vegetables that could grow in the garden. So he took those hot peppers and he made a sauce. He began to experiment. He tried several formulas to make the sauce taste good. Eventually, he found a formula that worked, and he crushed the red peppers, the reddest of the peppers, and mixed in a half a cup of salt with each gallon, and then he aged the mixture in crockery jars for 30 days. Then after the 30 days, he added a, a fine French wine vinegar, and then he aged it an additional 30 days. Talk about patience. Before he strained it and he bottled it, and when he did that, he began to realize that his patience was paying off. What was the sauce Edmund McElhenney had made? What had he succeeded in finding a use for these hot peppers and and the other mixtures that were in it that had survived the Civil War? He made a recipe that tasted so good to them, and it was a pepper sauce. And he used a Central American Indian name for the product called Tabasco. He shipped the first batch of 350 bottles in 1868, and the hot sauce took off like wildfire. Orders came in faster than they could fill and the McElhenney name and company. If you get a bottle of Tabasco, you will read the McElhenney name still on it, and it's still being run by that family today. Three points that I've made with you today. Count it all joy. Know that hard times are going to come, and you're going to have to learn to exercise patience through it all. Romans 12, verse 2 out of the New Living Translation, again, in my last verse. Don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Maybe think even in here. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. I've been challenged by these three words every time I get up in front of a group. What's the point? You might be sitting there today saying, what's the point? Well, I hope the point that you will get out of it is to consider it all joy and to get The why is this? Why is that? Lord, I don't get this. Lord, consider it all joy and put it all back on him and say, Lord, help me to learn. Don't copy the patterns and the behaviors of this world. Don't go back to that place where we're looking to just resolve everything. Let him bring that resolution in us. Here's how I would leave it. Here's what my point is out of it today. Either Jesus is Lord of it all or he's not Lord at all. Count it all joy, because he's going to lead you through this trial, this testing that we're in today. Father, we come before you. We thank you for this time. Lord, I thank you for being able to stand before these people. I thank you for the trust of pastors Pat and Julie to allow me to be in this place. Lord, I ask that your word would go forth and your word would continue to challenge us this week That, Lord God, I'm asking that this week that the the family of Bethesda and, Lord, any other voice that maybe is hearing what we've talked about today will be challenged today, oh, Lord, to look and see what you can do through this time of pandemic, through all this change, through all these struggles financially, all these other things. And, Lord, most importantly, that if anybody in the sound of this voice, of my voice today isn't sure about making the Lord their Savior, or if they ever have, that today they will trust in your word, that they will confess with your mouth that you are Lord. Believe in their heart that you have been risen from the dead, and it says we can be saved. Lord, I trust and pray for salvation. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that all we have to do is believe in him. Lord, I ask that if there's somebody here that would just... Make that belief today, their belief in you as their Lord and Savior, confess their sins. Oh, Lord, you will move in and you will help them and you will become their Savior. Thank you for that. We give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Bethesda, count it all joy for this trial that we're in. Trust the Lord. Believe with him in all your heart. God bless you today. Have a fantastic week.